0: We'll pray for the Spirit's guidance, our Lord and our God, as we open your book of life to these familiar passages. I just pray, O Lord, that you renew our spirit in love toward you, what you have done for us, O Heavenly Father. I just pray that you give us a a blessing from your word today, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Luke 19, starting in verse 28. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. They brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. You may be seated. Again, very familiar verses for us. You know, Jesus had been preaching his public ministry throughout the regions for 3 years this is a pretty much the conclusion of his public ministry but his fame kept growing and growing remember it said there were huge crowds around Jesus constantly maybe up to a thousand But now as he's going into Jerusalem, because this is the time of Passover, the population in Jerusalem would be expanding. It would be ballooning. Some feel between two or three million people would be in the city at this time. Just think of the logistics of that. You know, they said for Passover... 260,000 Passover lambs would be slaughtered. It's amazing. That many people to house them and feed them, slaughtering those lambs. I mean, how many people go to a Brewers game in Milwaukee, what is it, 60,000, and just trying to get out of there after a game, the traffic. Can you imagine the congestion in Jerusalem and the surrounding areas? So we're not told how large these crowds were, but with 250 million people, we know for a fact from chapter 21 of Matthew that Jesus was the talk of the town. It says there, and when he entered at Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. So these streams of people that were coming in, many from Galilee, many from the outlying regions, they saw the miracles that Jesus had performed. They saw the many healings, probably their family members. And that was the talk of the town. People were getting firsthand accounts of how Jesus healed my daughter, my wife. Many witnesses But also they knew about Jesus because he raised Lazarus from the dead. That was a huge, huge miracle. And it did hack off the chief priest. And we know that in John 12, it says, When the large crowd of Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well. Because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Again, Jesus was healing many people, but his fame of raising Nazareth from the dead was drawing more and more people to accepting the Christian faith. Many accounts, many personal accounts of God's miracles being discussed here in that town at this time. You know, we know when the road from Emmaus, when they were talking about it, they tell us in there, it says... While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days now it's just more proof Jesus wasn't witnessing in secret it was a public ministry many people were coming to faith they demonstrated that by their actions you know, it says in verse 8, most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road. And others cut branches from the trees to spread them on the road. What would be most of the crowd? We don't know how big the crowd is. Could be thousands. Could be a hundred thousand. Remember, two and a half million people there. We don't know, but most of them, it says, most of the crowd... Were spreading their cloaks, an act of submission that were under your authority. And you know, this this time when he entered, it was a fulfillment of prophecy. Daniel 9 verse 24 tells us that 483 years after a decree of Adorexius, which occurred in 444 B.C., that the Messiah would come and be the perfect sacrifice. You know, that Brings it right to A.D. 30. So we see these religious leaders, those who rejected rejected Jesus, had no legitimate grounds. They're supposed to be experts in the law, experts in prophecy. And here Jesus is coming into Jerusalem at the foretold date, foretold time. Riding on a donkey, which we'll look at later, which was also foretold in the scriptures. Performing miracles. They had no reason to reject him except their own personal gain. Because Jesus fit the prophecies, he fit all of the prophecies perfectly. You know, it's a demonstration of our Lord's divinity even that he tells his disciples they're going to find the colt. That the owner might come out, wonder if they're stealing it. He tells them what to say, and it happens. That's a reassurance for us. You tell the owner the Lord has need of it, it makes us recognize that the guy who was cold, it was, knew right away they were talking about Jesus. and He lets them take it. Again, the knowledge of Jesus Christ was there and it was open. And it was among the crowd. Our religion Was founded in the open. But also, when Jesus said to get the colt, there was more to it. Because in Matthew 21 it tells us this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal. Of a beast of burden. Again, this is just more and more prophecy fulfilled because that comes from Zechariah 9 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation, is he humble and mounted on a donkey? On a colt, the foal of a donkey. Again, the appointed time, the appointed method of how the Messiah would make himself known. And yet many people who were supposed to be the leaders, the religious leaders, missed it. Their hearts were not open for the truth. They missed the connection and they didn't like it that Jesus was being praised. They did not like it that the people were saying, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. They didn't want to lose their power, they saw they were losing the crowd. The people were accepting him as the Messiah. Again, throwing the cloaks down, a sign of submission. Unfortunately, we do know that many picked their cloaks back up. It did not submit to Jesus for long. It's unfortunate. The very crowd... There were some in the crowd that were praising him within a short while. Be crying, Crucify him. Their hearts were not changed. They had head knowledge. They were caught up in the day, I believe. You know, it says, And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He said, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Very stones would cry out. Again, religious scholars would recognize this coming from Habakkuk. It tells Habakkuk too, it says, For the stones will cry out from the wall and the beam from the woodwork. They knew this was a prophecy of destruction for the Chaldeans. So when Jesus said even the stones would cry out. He's telling them there will be a day of reckoning. Jerusalem will be judged. The stones will cry out. Not a stone will be left upon another. That's what Jesus was referring to. The stones crying out. There's a time of judgment coming. It was a judgment for the Chaldeans because their treatment of God's people, they had built their cities out of wickedness and evil toward God's people. And these cities were destroyed, just like Jerusalem would be destroyed. So Jesus is warning people, which he always does, which we must as believers. We warn people that there is a day of reckoning, There is a day of judgment coming when you will stand before God. Your lives will be judged. And if you are not covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, you will be found guilty and you will remain guilty. It's too late. It's too late. We only have this life to repent. Now there were many believers, when they put their coats and their cloaks, submitting to Jesus, they stayed submitted to Jesus, just like all believers must, just like we must. But again, even like in today, there are those who pick up their cloaks when things get rough, when life gets rough, when there's trials, when there's temptations. And they, again, lean on their own understanding, their own righteousness. But that's how it's been through all of eternity. It's only those who are enlightened by the Holy Spirit to that true faith, those are the ones who leave their cloaks at the feet of Jesus in good times and in bad And I guess that's what we have to ask ourselves. You know, we've committed ourselves to Christ. We've placed ourselves under his submission. Is your cloak still down there? Are you still submitted to Jesus Christ? And I believe the testimony that you're here here. Is a testimony that it is. But it's a good time of the year to give an honest assessment of ourselves. Let the scriptures judge us. Are we submitted to Jesus Christ in our daily lives? In our daily walk? Are we becoming more and more mature as believers? More and more committed to his will, more and more in tune to what he wants us to do. Because that is what advances his kingdom, and that's what this is all about our Lord starting his earthly kingdom. These believers who would stay submitted to him. And we know it's difficult. As he tells us in Luke 12, he says, I came to cast fire on the earth. And would it that it were already kindled? I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to give peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Division. You know, what he's saying, throwing your cloak at Jesus' feet isn't an easy way out. It is a way of dividing you from even your family. From now on in one house, there will be five divided, three against two, two against three. They will be divided. Father against son and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Jesus calls us for tough decisions in our lives. We must be willing to take the strife from non-believers that are around us, maybe in our own family, But we must love him like he loved us. We must love him more than we love the others around our family. Because there is a time of judgment. That's one thing we've always seen throughout all of Scripture. There is a day of reckoning. There is a day when we will stand before our lord and he will show us our sins and our shortcomings even the true believers fortunately for us who believe we'll have a very lenient judge because he'll say the price is already paid but for those have picked up their cloaks they have decided to go it alone it will be a harsh judgment they will be guilty so as we come into this Easter week I think we should and I think it's a week where we must have that commitment to our Lord and to remember his perfection and how we serve, even in our imperfection, a perfect God. And he uses us to advance his kingdom. And that is expected of all believers to participate, to participate in the advancement of what he has started here on earth. I pray that we would be such a people. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, as we, we come before you, we know we're sinners. But also we see how you came humbly riding on a colt. Yet you paid the price for us. You loved us while we were yet sinners. And this is the journey to the cross toward the end of your journey. Which ends at the cross for us. Help us to recognize that. Help us to absorb that love that you have given us. And let it dictate how we live our lives in Jesus name. Amen. Would the deacons come forward and we'll have uh, the offering and the loose money will go forward